<laughs> what is up everybody welcome to the show doing a second cold open because things just keep happening so i recorded the show on saturday normally once i record it i put it into the feed and have it scheduled for early monday morning as i record this now it's 5 36 a.m usually around the time the show will be hitting the feeds most of you guys don't listen to it until later in the day later in the week anyway which is fine after our experience recorded I read social media the next day, which was Sunday. Mustafa Ali asked for his request. Then, at the beginning of the podcast, as you guys will hear soon, I read a statement about how WWE had their take on the AEW Rampage hardcore match between the ladies, Tay Conte, Anna Jay, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny, which I thought was hilarious. Biden, if it was real or not, because I've heard so many mixed reviews from the website I saw. Turns out this thing, this statement is true. So there's a lot of things that go on, plus some cleanup. So the first thing we're going to clean up is I misspoke. I said in the Aaliyah win versus Natty, it was three minutes. It was three seconds. So that's out the way. To the statement. The statement is actually true. They took one of the most hypocritical takes of all time. Talking about blood and guts and blah, blah, blah. Here's my thing. They wouldn't be the billion-dollar conglomerate they are now without that blood and guts, air quotes, and air quotes, and air quotes mentality. That got them to where, where they are. That got them into bidding wars with TNN and, and, and back to USA and to where they had... They're still making money off of the ruthless aggression and uh, attitude error. We have, we have to remember... They didn't stop doing bloody matches until after the Benoit tragedy. Otherwise, they were still doing their own thing. Now, was it still good? Uh, not really. Uh, obviously, the, the the heyday was Attitude Era. But the Ruthless Aggression Era had some of the best stuff as well. That's why they're still doing, I think, the show on it right now, uh, season two of it. I haven't watched any of season two. But um, it's just one of the funniest statements I've ever read. And it's just like... Why are you guys doing this? Now I don't. Once again, I don't know what prompted the statement to come out. Maybe someone was just asked, so that's the statement they gave. But I don't know. Either either way, why don't you say, "Oh, you know, that's their their product is different from ours." You know, we just don't allow that stuff anymore. Um, but you can see in our our, our um, history on Peacock if you want to see a type of content from us. Meanwhile, they're being sued by MLW for these antitrust issues, which I still don't fully know what's going to happen from that, if anything. But, I mean, they're not exactly wrong when they say their product has been inferior the last five years. I mean, that's not a spoiler. That's just the truth. <laughs> you know, everyone knows that. So, anyways, those that's, that's what's happened. So that's freaking hilarious. Then... um. Then it was. <laughs> I don't even know what to say because it's so ridiculous. But anyways, moving on. Now to Ali. So it was reported that he. Well, he wasn't reported. He actually asked, "Hey, for my release." He said on Twitter. He said, "I can't do the things I want to do in WWE." Now I've been told he's a great Twitter follower. Uh, Twitter fo Twitter follow. Um, I'm not on Twitter. I'm thinking about actually uh, doing a Twitter because everything I got going on, people feel like it's easier to reach me on Twitter. Um, but, uh, I've been told he's just a quality human being, someone just a good follow, no drama, and Buddy Matthews actually posted something, and it seems like, first of all, he doesn't need to go to AEW, as you guys will hear in my, uh, talk in the podcast, I really feel like he can do anything he wants to do, and sign to, M and sign to Impact, and, and literally, pun intended, make an impact, so that way, he can do whatever it is, it's on his heart, and still wrestle and still accomplish both. He'll have time to do everything, right? Um, but I don't know exactly what his message he wants to be. Uh, you know, it seems like he wants everyone to love each other, seems like. Um, but let's get to the, the reason why I just redid the cold open. Because more has been reported. I woke up this morning and literally saw this. And I said, I, I screenshot it. And I had to read it to you guys. A few weeks ago, quotes, 
Ali shared a vignette that was never, excuse me, that was filmed for a new America gimmick, which never came to fruition. According to those in the know, the character was initially accepted before those in power in WWE changed their mind. Fightful says that in its place, I should have made that known. This is a report from Fightful. There was a pitch from Vince McMahon himself for something Mustafa Ali would never have done, which led to a heated argument between Ali and McMahon. Ali hasn't been backstage or on the show since. A WWE higher-up told Fightful that they have granted release requests as of late, and it will be difficult to justify not granting requests after they've released so many names over the last year. So, a lot to unpack there. One, there was stuff reported for the last month that he was recording uh, some new gimmick, and he had, and he only requested one day off, one show off for fraternity leave. It wasn't like he, because uh, I think Kofi requested several weeks off. Ali requested one show off, and that was for paternity leave. Otherwise, he had been seen backstage on SmackDown. A ton of talent were pitching ideas to work with him, according to Fightful and uh, PWI Insider and Observer, all these things. Even when they were in Chicago, his hometown, there were people were surprised that he was never used, reportedly. So whatever this heated argument was, which I completely believe happened, I think it was less because of the gimmick he wouldn't want to do and more because he'd probably been pitching stuff for the last, I don't know, three or four years. And, all, and the best they gave him was retribution. And God bless him, he tried. God bless him, he tried. I remember when... I was on this podcast just last year, and I said, yeah, this doesn't feel like the end of the retro. This like, and I remember when uh, Ali was revealed, I said, oh, this is kind of dope, giving him some time to talk. You know, that made me as a happy Ali fan. That was dope to me, you know, but in the end, it turned out to be what it was, and we don't need to rehash that. However, though, to me, in my opinion, these are the type of things you're going to have. And he doesn't need to go to AEW. F AEW for a second. This guy seems like he wants to do bigger things outside of wrestling, but he still wants to wrestle. So if he wants to give a, a message of positivity or whatever it wants to be, he can, that's why I, that's why I keep, people keep asking me, man, you, you're pushing Impact hard. It's because they allow so many so many different things. And like AEW, you could do the dark thing and all this other stuff, but if he really has a message that he wants to give out to the world. He can give that message while being a main event talent. After last year, look look who we saw as the world champion last year. Josh Alexander. He was for 30 seconds, but Josh Alexander's Impact World Champion. Christian Cage's world champion. Kenny Omega's world champion. Rich Swan, who turned his career around from his WWE days. We could see possibly if he goes to Impact, a, a, a Mustafa Ali run as Impact World Champion while he's doing everything else he wants to do. So I don't know. Shout out to him. I'm glad I I'm glad. And something in me just didn't up upload the show. Like I said, I normally just upload the show. I didn't do it for whatever reason. And I would say I was being lazy, but that wasn't it. It was just kind of like, as all this stuff is trickling in, I actually didn't like how the show was going when I was recording it. Because I didn't really understand what MLW was trying to do and that was, if that was going to accomplish anything. Then And then also just, just, just having so much indecisiveness about certain parts of the show that are good parts of the show it just came down to me being like man something's missing and then having this happen on sunday and i did i, I ended up like doing the cold open it was like a three-minute cold open and then i was like man let me wait till morning you know let me just wait till morning and see how this is going to play out and sure enough more reports came out so i'm sure as the week goes in everything else will trickle out but it it was a very interesting take. So, anyways, that is the cold open. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And I actually have, have made a decision. This week, Wednesday show, we'll cover episodes one, two, and three of Peacemaker. We're not going to wait. We're going to get right into everything. So, look forward to that. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Enjoy the show.
If you look at the gory self-mutilation that bloodied several women in the December 31st event on TNT, it quickly becomes clear that these are very different businesses. We had an edgier product and attitude era and in 2022 world, we don't believe that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. That was an exclusive statement that WWE, that WWE gave the Toronto Star. So, I've heard mixed reviews on the Toronto Star. And so, whether this is real or not, I don't even care. Because I wanted to start the show with that, because I think it's, if it's not real, why would the Toronto Star make it up? And if it is real, I just think it's funnier, because WWE's always, once, here's the thing y'all, you guys got to realize, right? Because I got sent this by somebody. And the first thing they said to me was, how dare WWE? And I said, look here, dude, you need to seriously take a chill pill. Like, seriously. Like, WWE, for many, many years, since 1984... I would say, I, I don't know when they first coined the phrase sports entertainment. But if I, if I took a guess, it was once it read the first WrestleMania hit in 1985. In my opinion, that's, that's, it had to be that, you know, because they've never seen themselves as wrestling. The fact that they kept World Wrestling Federation in their name for so long, if the original WWF, which was the Panda Company, doesn't sue them for, for rights to the name, then they don't. Here's, you know, you know what I think. Actually, my theory about the, all that is, and I would actually need to do some research to figure it out. I think they would have uh, the Panda Company, WWF, would have been okay with WWE still going WWF until the Attitude Era hit. Ironically, I think that's when once the guys started getting edgier is when they had the problem. Anyways, but I mean they were suing them for years. But you get my point. The point of it is, if you're gonna be a WWE hater or AEW, whatever, let it make sense. <laughs> They've never saw themselves as sports entertainment. And now more than, I mean, as wrestling, now more than ever, they really don't see themselves that way. They see themselves as above it, even though that's what helped them get to, without that era, there is no WWE making billions of dollars right now. So, people, let's calm down. Like, one person sent me that, but I had a bunch of people hit me up on Instagram and was like, can you believe this? And nah, nah, nah. I was like, what? I mean, Calm down, people. There's, it's 2022. Let's find a reason to put a smile on that face. <laughs> not anger. <laughs> it's really not that serious. And I just thought it was funny to even bring it up. So with that, welcome to your show. I see things a little differently. I am this little chemical. And we are going to have a great time today. Today was a Monday show. And programming note. Remember, I told you guys last week that the very last show, I believe it's January... 31st? No. I need to look at my calendar as a matter of fact. Hold on one second. The dates are off. <sighs> yeah, the January 31st show um, will be a different Monday show, mainly because I'll be out of town. I'm still going to actually watch the Royal Rumble. Actually, to be honest with you, this is the first Royal Rumble I can remember. Ever, where I really was looking more forward to the matches than the Rumble match itself. Um, I think this is the first time because I've really, as I've said this on the show before, the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view of all time. Like, it just, I'll watch the Royal Rumble no matter what, even in really bad years. I'm like, I'm going to watch it and all this stuff. And um, so the whole match and the whole show is getting reviewed. I'm still watching it. I actually have some work out of town. Um, so I'm gonna go out of town. I'm actually gonna have time Sunday night to actually watch it down, watch the entire thing, and then I'm gonna review it, um, which is gonna be freaking awesome. And I'll actually probably record the show while I'm out of town, and then just upload it to the feed uh, like Tuesday or Wednesday of the week. So it won't be as I said before. It will not be like a an extra. It'll definitely be a show. But in replace of that, I will not be putting in replacement of that. Excuse me. I will not be putting like uh, I will not be mixing the Wednesday and Monday shows. Once I said that, you guys went to freak off. You guys went nah 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 because the wrestling because like, really this show is such. It's, it's speaking of AEW versus WWE. You guys have, have made it clear. <laughs> if I were to do like a break like I did last year when I just had a bunch of shows recorded and I took like a two month break or it wasn't it wasn't that long. It was a month break. 
um, and have a bunch of shows uploaded. Because you guys made it clear. If I'm going to do that, Monday needs to revolve around wrestling. Wednesday needs to revolve around, revolve around um, freaking uh, pop culture, comic books, etc., etc. So I will not do this to you guys. In place of it, I will have an interview, a really dope interview. For the feedback on the Sophia Hickerson interview, I, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, as I said in the cold open, I got extremely lost. Like, I've actually never been that lost in an interview before. I remember, it was funny, when I when I um, interviewed Selena De La Renta, um, we I had these questions written down. Off air, we talked about things she didn't want to talk about, and that was actually nothing. Everything was actually open, to be honest with you. And so, we actually got through her questions pretty fast as well, but she was just such a talker. But Sophia was um, very nervous and... I, I kind of just threw this on her because, like I said, in a cold open, I met her and boom, we we're just supposed to do the interview. I was like, all right, cool. And I completely forgot about her. And me and Nico were just knocking shows out the park. You, you guys still asked for him to come back. But now, with the pushback of Morbius, probably won't bring him back on until uh, the debut of Batman, if that's on time on March 4th. Anyways, the point of it is, I did this really dope interview. Uh, a few of you asked, specifically asked, hey, when you, whenever you get, get back to movie reviews and stuff, you should review Players Club. Because I guess I said I, I work in strip clubs at one point in time in my life. And I, I don't work, work them anymore. But it's funny because that movie was, and you'll hear this in the interview, was not what I expected it to be. But I was so young. And Ice Cube was just one of my heroes at the time. So I was going to watch anything he was in. And um, and so I just decided to bring her on because of her experience. And that conversation went so off like it went into outer space i just did not expect any of that to come out of her mouth and it was just great it was a great interview so trust me guys please listen on january 31st the interview is absolutely worth it because it, it's like a 38 40 minute interview and trust me you will not regret it it's one of the best interviews i've ever done i really feel that way so anyways, let's get into today's monday show we're going to do things reverse. Last week, we waited for all the WWE news at the end. Now, we have a lot of WWE-related things. So, we're going to get to those first. First of all, let's hit Raw. Lesnar, Lashley, face-to-face, really for the first time. And there's a, there's a report in um, in one of the uh, publications, I believe it was from Meltzer Report, that Bobby Lashley needed uh, assurances before he was put in the day one match that he would you know have something big coming out of it. <laughs> it's been the thing he's been asking for for years but Lesnar had a great freaking burn Lesnar said you can't beat Brock Lesnar when you're a Brock Lesnar wannabe I loved every I loved every second of this and I cannot wait for this clash of the titans and it's one of those things where I just believe and here's the thing here's the thing that's so great about it you we don't know what's gonna happen we know all roads lead to Lesnar uh, Roman at WrestleMania second night main event, right? We know, we know that. We don't know how we're getting there though. And if Lashley is gonna to win this match, what a, what a bounce back it'll be for him from him going from super dominant last year to then putting Biggie over, then losing like five matches in a row, including the Goldberg, then to you know um, just kind of being, you know, whatever. He, he got back to being dominant, but still under the radar. To now having this and actually beating Brock by hook or by crook. It doesn't matter. This will be a huge bounce back for him. The only thing I didn't like about these, these, these segments was the fact that, once again, Lashley destroyed the Hurt Business, air quotes. And doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes. They're no longer the Hurt Business. In order to make a point to Lesnar, <sighs> I don't get it. This could have been one of the greatest groups of all time. And the fact that they held things down in the pandemic, it just it just kind of disgusts me that this is where we're still going with this. And they, I don't know. But also, you feel bad for Cedric Alexander. You know how talented he is, and as well as Sean Benjamin, who's another ageless wonder. So that was my only critique of this particular thing. Nikki A.S.H. turns heel on Rhea Ripley. Says almost superheroes does not do not need friends. Didn't see this coming. Um, don't know where this is going. Um, I'm assuming. This will just be something to pad or get Rhea from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Because really, Rhea needs to be in a prime spot at WrestleMania. Last year, she defeated Asuka. Asuka's been out with that injury. Um, don't know when she's coming back. Miss her sorely. Like, seriously, miss her sorely. If she's in the Royal Rumble, that is a welcome addition 
to that match. So um, I am super excited about that. Um, if, if she'll be in there. I, I, I just thought about that as I'm talking, how much like Oscar was a, a warrior. Oscar and Bailey were warriors during the pandemic era. Like I know we're still in the pandemic, but now we have fans back. It's clear this country is not shutting down. And yeah, masks are going to be around probably for another year or so. But it's just freaking clear that you've seen who those MVPs were, even her business. And uh, they're so, a lot of them are sorely missed. So um, do drop won the triple threat match in order to get her first ever Raw Women's Championship match at Royal Rumble against Becky Lynch. Um, I'm actually looking forward to this match. Um, and let's, and I, I, obviously we know how this is going to end. Lynch is not losing that belt until WrestleMania 38. Uh, yeah, 38. Um, but it's going to be, I think, it should, I think it'll be good. because I, I really like Dewdrop. Uh, the uh, the biggest news out of Raw came. The Alpha Academy won the, won the Raw Tag Team Championships after Otis, heel Otis, gave Randy Orton his kryptonite, the world's strongest slam for the win. Um, what a huge, first of all, what a huge pinfall for Otis. Yeah, he's former Mr. Money in the Bank. He was never going to win. Well, we discussed this on the show before. Apparently, he wasn't get a short run with the Universal title, but this is the biggest one of his career. And it's, it's and it's amazing for Chad Gable to actually get gold around his waist again. So really happy for both guys. I was never really a big fan of Otis. I was a big fan of Otis when he was in that storyline with Mandy Rose. I think that storyline was excellent and uh, really a victim of <laughs> the pandemic hitting it. Um, but it was awesome. And so now we see, because here's the thing also, I saw a lot of people mad about them, but Orton and... Riddle now have become. I don't. I don't want to make this sound like a, a slap in the face because I feel the same way about the New Day, and I, and I love the New Day. But I, I believe they become a novelty act where they don't need championships. They they they, just, they should be given championships when they're transitioning them. Um, otherwise, they've just become they they don't they're beyond belts. You know, um, obviously the more money comes with the belts, but I I don't think this group needs them. Um, and who also also on top of that, when you now that you lose those belts, it frees you up to have certain matches at WrestleMania. Like we may see Orton versus Riddle at WrestleMania, which would be actually kind of dope. Um, I'm not saying they should break. I'm just saying like there's there's more options to it. So those are your raw notes. Let's hit SmackDown. Correction from last week when I said that Charlotte Flair and it was gonna be, it was gonna take up a spot that because they don't have enough women in the Rumble, et cetera, et cetera. Well, correction, I forgot. As I, after I recorded, I realized Charlotte Flair is actually in the Rumble, which means whoever eliminates her, we're going to see a Brock Lesnar situation. Whoever eliminates Charlotte will be the one to obviously get the the women's match at WrestleMania against her, um, which is obviously the only way to do it because they they just don't have enough women. You know, you don't bring in the Impact World because this company and you, I am always fair with both companies when I like something and when I don't like something. We all know this company is not forward-thinking anymore. We know they're in the moment. I truly believe Vince was in. Vince was forward-thinking when that two air hit, and, and and I believe his team was not just giving him credit, but the team was. This company is now all right. Cool. Let's see how they react this Monday, and then next Monday we'll go with something else or or this whatever. We know they're not forward-thinking. They would never bring another company's world champion in just for the hell of it. They've seen how successful the Forbidden Door was with AEW, Impact. It, it, it Honestly, I don't think Impact has as much buzz since Matt Hardy and the Delete stuff. I just, if you guys can disagree, I mean, you're, you feel free to disagree, obviously, but I just don't think they have. You know, it was it's been great for impact to do it and impact has delivered like that bull rope match between mickey james and deonna perrazzo excellent you know so impact deserves a lot of credit here too anyways so lita made her first appearance in smackdown in 20 years apparently she had talks with aew as well to have a, a program with Britt baker that would have been interesting um i think this works better because she was let's be honest first of all she's a uh 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 a groundbreaker for all women, Lita. Her, her, her style, her look. She's a groundbreaker for absolutely all women's wrestling. So you can never take that away from her. However, I think it means more her being here with 
the current standard air quotes again and seeing them go face to face they they really have no history but i can see this being a thing where i don't think lee is winning the rumble i mean if they make her win that's cool but i could see her being a part of the elimination i could see those two having like a one-on-one match because remember um trish Stratus came out of retirement just to lose to charlotte flair like that's the only reason Charlotte uh, trish Stratus came out of retirement was just to lose and essentially pass the torch to the next greatest women's wrestler air quotes again so this will be fun to watch um I can see it being a thing where this... I can see this being a match at Elimination Chamber. Where we have news on that in one second. Alea beats Natty in record time on SmackDown history. It's at 3 minutes and 17 seconds, I believe it was, I said. Um, Xavier Woods out 6 to 8 weeks. And with that, now Kofi goes back to uh, being, as I said, a novelty act. And Matt Cat Moss pins Kofi Kingston, the former WWE champion. Um, Nakamura is hurt. See, I, I was wondering what was going on with the Intercontinental Championship, and that's exactly what's going on. He's hurt, so, and they haven't stripped him of it, uh, so I'm assuming, I'm assuming once he gets back, he's losing that belt the first match he has, but I'm surprised they haven't stripped him of it, so it might, it might be one of those things where he's hurt, but once he comes back, he'll be ready to go, you know. Um, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns went face-to-face, and Rollins brought some good points, said, hey, man, Things just didn't work with you, and I'll, I I built you, and I'll destroy you using the architect language, and and so that was pretty cool. And then Roman Reigns uh, kind of just dismantled him. Said if I was gonna pick a raw star, I wouldn't even go through you and your own household. I would pick your wife. So, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. So so I love that you know Seth Rollins is spitting facts. You know he is he's one of those rappers that's like he's spitting the conscious rap. Dun, 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 dun. Then there's another rapper that comes on and just starts spitting a bunch of punchlines, and you're like, Ugh. yeah, you speaking some you kicking knowledge, homie. You should have done something else, <laughs> you know. So um, it was a good face to face. I'm actually like I said, I am really excited. Those singles matches at the Royal Rumble, whether it's Reigns, Rollins, Lashley, Lesnar. Do drop Lynch. I'm looking forward to all three of those matches. This on paper, this is setting up to be. This could be air quotes the greatest Royal Rumble undercard of all time. You know now. I don't think you can be the greatest Royal Rumble match of all time having Johnny Knoxville come in, probably having a, a, a wrestler who hasn't wrestled in seven years being cleared wrestling in it as well because of what the royal rumble has turned into which is fine i still love it it i don't think the match has a chance to stand up against uh where whatever you think is the greatest royal rumble match 92 2001 whatever right um see the reason why people even put 2000 and the reason why i'll put 2001 up there is because 92 you had people who became stars Shawn michaels wasn't Shawn michaels yet he had just gone heel he was just whatever then you have people like teo santana who was at the, at the tail end of his career, Wright Piper, Hogan, Undertaker, once again, really just the beginning of his career. We didn't know what the Undertaker was at the time. We knew he was a cool character, but like, what was going on there? 2001, essentially, you had mega stars in there. Every chance you got. You had Steve Austin. You had Rikishi, which was that weird, weird heel turn. You had Triple H uh, attacking Steve Austin. You had The Rock. You had Kane. You had The Undertaker. You had it, it, you, you just had a number of people that just made it super exciting. So um, I am so looking forward to this as a whole now. Random WWE, WWE notes. Excuse me. Here's what we're going to get into. WWE supposedly wants to open the forbidden door in the Men's Royal Rumble and bring in someone from AEW. Supposedly. Uh, supposedly, WWE and AEW have already been in talks about using some library footage for somebody that's been undisclosed and unnamed. And Booker T made a good point, because when I first saw this report, my first thought was, it better not be Jericho. <laughs> that was literally my first thought, because I was like... We've seen Jericho go and come back so many times. Jericho being on the Steve Austin podcast was still cool just because he because he dropped Sammy Guevara's name and they didn't edit it out or anything. But for the most part, if you know Jericho's story, and Jericho is top three of mine of all time. I know his entire story. I have all of his books. As a matter of fact, he signed a couple of my books. Jonathan Esther knows that he was with me when we both when we met him. I still have the picture somewhere. And um 
And Booker T said, if it's Jericho, they're going to boo his ass out of the arena. I said, I completely agree with that. Like, I would not be excited. I also just don't see AEW giving a big name to them just for them to eliminate him, right? It would need to be some type of deal. Like, if you're going to throw Sammy Guevara in there, it has to be for a reason. Like, maybe that's that's why they... And his thing, right, the reason why I came up with Sammy Guevara is because... Everyone was so just offended that, hey, Cody Rhodes is out for one week. Why would you make an interim champion? Maybe they made an interim championship and have and say, hey, Cody, stay home until maybe Sammy Guevara could then go to the Royal Rumble as a TNT champion. I don't know. I think it would be a dope idea that someone from, that has never been under the WWE banner can get there. If it's someone from FTR, Moxley, we've seen this before. You know what I'm saying? So... It could, if they're gonna open a forbidden door, it would really need to be the forbidden door. I don't even see. I don't even see the Mickey James move as a forbidden door move. I see it as a forbidden door move, kinda, because she's the current Impact World's champion. But if they were to bring a Diana Peraza, who they saw nothing in, and now if you look at her last year, what she's a triple day, a triple A Reina Del Rey's champion. Former Impact champion. She just won more gold. We'll get that in a second. So like, if you see that, who? If you see that, that's one thing. Or even Wardlow. We we all know the reports of how Wardlow is, is has interest in WWE or WWE's interest in Wardlow, and why wouldn't they? He is a beast. Then yeah, cool. I I can see it would need to be some type of funky thing though. They they, they couldn't let. I don't think AEW would just let a, a super talented person go there just to be eliminated in ten seconds. I mean, why? You know so. I don't see this being a good thing, <laughs> unless it's a talent that's never been in the WWE ring, and then you kind of can see that, that that talent go face to face. Can you imagine Jungle Boy or someone like that going face to face with? Um, let me think of someone who's in the Rumble uh, with a Dawkins or a, a whoever. Can you imagine that? You know what I'm saying? I just couldn't imagine it being just a, a regular name that we've seen before. So, um, anyways, Corey Graves, this is what I alluded to before, but a seven-year uh, absent a wrestler who's been cleared, is good is cleared for in-ring re- return. I'm assuming we're going to see him in the Royal Rumble, uh, you know? So, that's going to be very interesting. Elimination Chamber will be happening in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that is very interesting to put a, a match that used to have real stakes at it, and a pay-per-view that used to have it. A pay-per-view, sorry, talking too fast, I'm excited. A pay-per-view used to have a bunch of stakes at it. Like, that's very interesting. That's that, that's one of their Saudi Arabia matches. And it's like, wow, or, or pay-per-views. Like, that's just really, really weird. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's interesting, though. But anyways, back to Corey Graves for a second. So the reason why, is, that's why I said that you, you can't have this big, because you have people in there that just don't have a chance of winning. And I get it every year now. It's only a few people that have a chance of running it. But this year, I, I, looking at the names, I don't think, I don't know. It just looks weird. So anyways, more news and notes. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, as you guys can tell. But uh, yeah, it's all, I'm all over the place. Sonny, arrested for a third time for threats. He was, let me tell you a funny story. She's arrested for terrorist threats. I didn't know certain laws were laws, right? So... The one only time I've ever been in handcuffs and arrested. So, I'm at work. Working at this restaurant at the time. And I didn't feel like taking the bus. And it was a Saturday. And I was like, man. And I said, man, I don't want to deal with this. So, anyways. I was talking to one of my co-workers. And I said, hey, can you give me a ride home? I'll toss you some cash. He said, man, you don't got to worry about it. I'm going towards your way anyway. Now, that was very rare because in the part of Maryland I lived in, this particular mall, like most of the people was going north, not south. South is towards D.C., north is towards Baltimore. So I was like, okay, cool. So I get in the car. I'm not thinking of it. So we're, ju- we're literally just pulling out of uh, the parking lot. All of a sudden, the cop stops. I'm like, all right. I'm like, he's like, I'm like, he's like this, is this still a daylight? It's really weird. So anyways, the homie that I'm with is like, hey, um, don't worry, I have a busted taillight, it'll be fine. So I, I'm actually sitting there writing a rhyme. You know, I see, I look in the mirror, and I see him sitting on the, on the curb. 
it's a white guy. I'm like, all right, that's kind of problematic. <laughs> but I'm still just so aware because I, I know I've done nothing wrong. So a cop comes up to me, knocks on the window, look, says, hey, can I see your ID? Pull my ID out, hand it to him. Still thinking nothing about it. I'm like, all right, cool. Then he comes, knocks on the window again, puts his hand on his Glock. And I turn my head and I'm like, hmm, this feels weird. So I roll the window down again. And I'm like, hey, what's up, officer? He's like, hey, man, uh, I need you to come out with your, slowly with your hands up. And if you don't, I will mace you and I will shoot you. I was like, what? I was like, all right. So I'm going to put my paper down or whatever, put it in the... And ironically enough, my mom is on the other side of one of those uh, islands that blocks off the, the traffic from each other. And um, as I'm getting out of the car, she just so happens to see me. So the cop now is like, hey, you need to get on the ground. I'm like, what did I do? I'm not getting on the ground teaching what I did. And and I don't believe the officer is going to shoot me naively. <laughs> um, like, because it's broad daylight. I'm like, well, you need to know what's going on. He said, hey, you have a warrant for your arrest. I was like, what? So my mom turns around now. It's not his cop. That's with him, sees my mom making legal turn. He pulls the gun out and says, What are you doing? Pulls towards me. And she's like, Hey, that's my son. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. So I just get on the ground, whatever. And so he puts me in handcuffs. He says, Hey, man, you need to do this. So now my mom's like, What's going on? And the cop is like, oh, Well, your son has warrants. She's like, Him? She was like, What did he do? And so she starts, he starts breaking down to my mom at first. Before, mind you, I'm on the curb in handcuffs. I don't even know what's going on. He's just talking to my mom. So, I hear my mom talking. So, the cop walks up now, not threatening at all anymore. No gun in the hip. I mean, no gun in the hand. No mace talk. He helps me up. He's like, hey, I think we have your brother. But he used your name. I was like, what? And so, he was like, your mom just broke down everything to me. And she said stuff that you clearly don't know. Because I still see that, like, I've been around here long enough to where the look, is, look on your face, I can just tell that you're just like, hey what the fuck is going on and your mom wrote down every single charge to me that your brother has or has or has had and it's clear she knows it's the situation but i'm gonna take you in anyway i was like all right now mind you this is a friday so for those of you who don't know who have never been in the system if you get put in a cell on friday and they don't clear you or anything or you can't talk to a judge by midnight that night you stay in all weekend until Monday when you can get out and talk to somebody. Just mind you. Now, it's broad daylight, but it's still 6 o'clock at night. Anyways. I, um... I'm sitting there, and my friend, or my coworker hands my stuff that I had to my mom. My mom's, like, super pissed, blah, blah, blah. Here's how non-threatening I was. The cop just threw me in the front seat. <laughs> he threw me in the front seat. So we're sitting there and I'm sitting down and we sitting and um we're I'm in the front seat with the cop and so all of a sudden we're driving to the police station to put me in a cell. And so he starts pulling up on his screen all the charges. And he looks, he looks, he looks, and as he's looking through it now, because he didn't even read through the whole the entire report. At the end of it, it says, Yes, he reveals his real name is blah blah blah, use his brother's ID or use his brother's name. And the cop was like, okay, yeah, this makes a lot more sense. And he was like talking to me the entire time. Mind you, I'm still like, why are you taking me anywhere? You know, because now it's clear. Well, as we're driving there, it's 100% clear to me he does not believe what anything anymore. Because he went from like, I'm ready to kill you, black guy, to, holy crap, I might have just effed up. You know? And so, this is, and this story's getting somewhere. And so... Um, uh, we get to the, the the little jailhouse thing, whatever, and he feels bad. You can tell, but now he's too, he, he's gone in because he threatened to shoot me. He threatened, he's he's already all in. So he says, "Hey, we'll try to get this cleared up with a the judge." They put my fingerprints in the system, all this stuff, and they throw me in a cell by myself because they had all these cells that were packed with people, right? And they throw me in a cell by myself. Well, this black lady was the one who took my information, my fingerprints, my shoelaces, because all that stuff so you don't hang yourself, or whatever. Or do something. And it's the cell with a phone. This is before I even had a cell phone. That's how old this was. So literally, I don't know any I haven't known one number of my friend. 
He's the only one where I know. Otherwise, no one knows where I'm going or that. I think I think they might have told my mom. So they hear nothing back, hear nothing back, and this chick, like you could tell, she is just like taking pity on me, because it, it went from six to eight. We show her something something back in an hour to nine to ten. She's like, hey, just so you know, like, are you good? Because that officer's off duty now, and if I don't hear anything back by midnight, I have to keep you here all weekend. So I'm now fucking terrified. She said, hey, we're going to keep you just in a cell by yourself, but I don't know what to do, you know, because usually, these, especially since it's in the paperwork, you know, we shouldn't have this issue. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm fucked, <laughs> you know. And finally, 11, 12, I think 12.05 hits. So now I know this. Now I'm just like, fuck, I'm here for the weekend. And my first thought is, I'm going to have a hell of a case. <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever. So his lady's like, hey, I'm getting off in an hour. I don't think you did this. I don't think you, I think you just literally left a legal job and got harassed. And I like the guy, but this is a problem. She says, I'm going to let you out in 20 minutes when I get off. Because I'm getting off early. I'm going to let you out in one, you know, whatever. This woman gets put in. Pregnant. This is the point I was getting to in this story. Woman gets in the car. And, and uh, pregnant. She's crying, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's clear she's like seven, eight months pregnant. I'm hearing the lady talk to this young lady. She's like, hey, just so you know, this this is this is a, this is a very rare charge, but it does mean something. So you, you might want to not do the skin. I'm thinking like, what the fuck is going on, right? So they're talking, they're talking. And so now... The woman, that woman gets put in the cell next to me. And so I hear her because I hear her talking. She's crying. And she's like, I didn't know this was even a real thing. And she's like, yeah, telephone threats are a real thing. <laughs> I was like, Tell, is, that's a law? Telephone threats is a mother believing law? So I'm like laughing in my head because I'm just sitting there like, okay, what does this mean? And so I'm just super confused and I'm just like, what? You know, and, and apparently she had made some calls to an ex of her boyfriend's telling her to leave her to bleep alone or she was going to F her up. And that's a telephone threat, obviously. So all of a sudden that's, that's, that's an arrestable offense. You can press charges over that. I would have never known. So that that's why I just saw that and I said, that domestic threats it's possession as well but i'm like like there, there's so many things you just have to um make knowledge of yourself too i, I, I said that completely wrong you have to make now you have to get the knowledge of and i just like what the hell is going on right now just super confused but anyways i just thought that was a great thought, thought about that story when this lady walks in and in that story at 12 30 she ended up Saying, hey, let's get your shit and get you out of here before the next shift comes on and you're really fucked. And so we grabbed all my stuff and um, I signed myself out and I ended up getting a ride home with my homie who was like, a, he was literally right across the street. So this jail, this police station was right here on like the left side. On the right side was a bunch of uh, trees and woods. And in that, in the middle of all the trees and woods, it was a bowling alley. And when my homies bowled all the time. And it so happened to be the Friday nights where he bowled. So, anyways, um, I just that's why I just thought about it. I was like, that's freaking crazy right there. Like, that's insane. Like, just whatever. So, anyways, let's get to the rest of the news and notes. MLW suing WWE for antitrust laws throughout wrestling. I don't, I would love to get a lawyer's perspective on this because I don't actually know quite know what to think about it, but I'm going to read you guys something. WWE has been wrongfully depriving its competitors of critical opportunities for many years, but its latest conduct has been even more unconscionable. I think we speak for the rest of the professional wrestling world when we say this anti-competitive behavior has to stop. The lawsuit has prompted by two different occurrences, which MLD claim, MLW claims WWE interfered to cost them a deal with a TV network. One involved an agreement this past July between MLW and the streaming service Tubi, where they did not excuse me, where they alleged WWE put pressure on Fox, who owns Tubi, to not go through with the deal, or they would pull 
WWE SmackDown from the network, where it airs live on Friday nights. The second incident involves Vice TV, who happens to air the very popular wrestling docuseries Dark Side of the Ring, where MLW claims in the lawsuit WWE Senior Vice President Susan Levinson warned Vice to not do business with MLW. And so I don't know uh, how this exactly would work. We obviously know WWE has done this over the years, and they haven't liked it when it's been done to them. We know the history of Black uh, Black Saturday. If you don't know the history, that is something that I would love to do a match of the month on. We can even call it the moment of the month for that. It's it was very fascinating how that went down. As a matter of fact, I could probably do that. Um, we all know about how I rated all the territories, and we know all this stuff. And we also know how when WCW and Eric Bischoff started like taking over and giving out um, freaking uh, results and all this other stuff. We all know how WWE did not like that and how they played the victim and all this other stuff. So um, I don't know what to make of this lawsuit currently. So my thoughts are kind of brief about it, but I do feel like this is a step forward for other companies if they really feel like, because there's always companies that own these smaller companies, right? So if you think about it, with them being on the two biggest or two of the biggest networks, it would have to, I would have to imagine that causes conflicts with other wrestling companies, you know, and that's saying AEW wouldn't do this. I don't know AEW's come um, up to yet, you know, but we've known the history of WWE and MLW considering that. And here's the thing I find very interesting is Bruce Pritchard used to book for MLW. So there is something going on here to where he might have told Vince, hey, man, this is an up-and-coming company. Now, we need to either buy them or block them. Um, so I, I do think it's very interesting this is happening. I, I don't know what to really think about it, though. I don't know if they have a chance of winning it. I don't even know what they would win. You know, like, like it's not money they're looking for. It's clear, it's clear they're, just, they're just putting things... Um, it's clear they're just putting things in place for the future to say, hey, you guys have set the standard. We're no longer taking the standard. We're going to actually fight for our situation, if that makes any sense. You get what I'm saying? So it feels like that's what's going on right now. They're just putting WWE on notice. You know, who knows Who knows what else will happen after that, but a very interesting turn of events. And look here, dude, with the way things are going in wrestling, a lot of company, every company took a hit. Now, New Japan probably had their coldest Wrestle Kingdom of all time. And you know what? People got to eat too. You know, you're a billionaire. You're a billion dollar conglomerate. You need, you need to understand that other people want to eat too. And they're going to fight for it. No matter if you're the best lawyers or not. So, look at some random notes before we hit AEW. Then we're out of here. Pro, uh, excuse me, PCO. Signs with Impact Wrestling. I told you, Impact is going to make a big, air quotes, impact, pun intended, this year. Deonna Perrazzo is the new ROH Women's Champion. That is for, she's on a roll, man. She is, she is the woman belt collector. She is on a roll, so good for her. ROH has announced its return, and they will treat their World Heavyweight Champion, their Women's Champion, and their Tag Team Champions like old school traveling champions. What does that mean for the pure title? I have no idea, but I think that's a dope idea for them to then go to different territories like GCW, where Jonathan Gresham is going to defend uh, his belt, like Impact, like AEW, like wherever is going to have them, and just travel all over. And you can have random title changes, then then get the belt back. You, You can always keep it within you as long as you have the right cooperation from both sides. So... I think it's a dope thing to do. Happy they're coming back with their honor card April 1st. Um, I did think about for a second going to Dallas for WrestleMania this year. Not for Mania itself, but for the other things around it. But I doubt I'll make that uh, commitment. Uh, I just don't necessarily. If I, if I do make a commitment, I think the only wrestling commitment I want to make this year, because as, as I told you guys before, I'm not really keen on going to shows anymore. My anxiety is just too bad. Um, I'm either keen on going to double or nothing or all out one or the other i'm keen on going to one or the other so anyways let's hit aew speaking of aew wardlow absolutely destroyed cm punk like this was all about this storyline was this part of the story to me was less about cm punk and mjf and more about 
the 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 breakup of MJF and Warlow as Warlow just destroyed. And I mean, it was a, it was a squash on Punk, and obviously designed that way. And he had to match one several times, and then MJF said, "No, you need to powerbomb him again." Warlow goes to pick him up. MJF uh, uh, cradles him, and he doesn't cradle him and do what everyone else does. He cradles him, and then you know, and he's still dead. One usually used to seeing like people cradle, lose a match, and they roll out. No, he got cradled, and Simpunk was just laying there. He was dead. So they put Warlow over in the best way, he, without him actually having to win the match, because <laughs> clearly MJF is going to win his first few with um, CM Punk, which is awesome. Um, but I did love how MJF was like poking and poking, and so uh, literally poking the bear. Finally, MJF just grabs him by the hand, and you see the crowd erupt when he put his hands on MJF. So I truly believe this is the next step in this situation. So Adam Cole and my see, and I don't know if D, uh, Britt Baker officially joined. The elite, I don't know, but like, um, it looked that it looked like that, and so it looks like Adam Cole is taking over the elite. And it looks like we're gonna head to whenever uh, Omega comes back. It's gonna be clearly Omega and the Bucks versus Red Dragon and Adam Cole. It'll be Red Dragon versus the Bucks, Cole versus Omega. Looking forward to that very much. And then DMD did take out Statlander. Maybe Statlander will be the next number one contender. I don't know how, but it's clear they're gonna be feuding for a little bit. Actually, now I think about it, no, it makes no sense for Statlander to be the uh, next contender. Jamie Hader might be the one to face next. They're they're clearly going for a breakup as well there. So, anyways, Lance Archer, who was injured, remember after that moon that that uh, terrible moonsault, he's finally back. Comes back, destroys Hangman Adam Page. It's clear he's gonna be the next contender. I just don't know how he is the contender when the last time we saw him was not only was he hurt, but um, not only was he hurt, but he lost it. Like uh, Eddie Kingston actually got the pinfall on him. So um, I want to know how they actually explain this. It's saying man's so mad. They just says, hey, I'm because a baby face can do this. Hey, I'll give you a towel shot. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, so. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I'm actually looking forward to that match. I think that'll be a fun match to watch. And finally, Brody King is all elite. Aligns himself with Malachi Black. I would have to assume this is the team that's going to take those tag team titles off of the Jurassic Express when the time comes. Hopefully, they get a little run with it. Um, maybe, but I mean, when I say a little run, I guess that means Revolution. Because Revolution isn't until March this year. So, that might be it. But another thing about, where's Revolution held that? No... I'll go to one of the bigger pay-per-views, actually. Not think about it. Anyways, it was cool to see Brody King get his opportunity. Um, I'm super excited for him. And the fact that him and Malachi Black are already tag team champions. I believe they're the House of Glory tag team champions. I believe so. They're, they're tag team champions somewhere together. So they, they obviously know how to work as a team. They're friends. So I'm super excited for all of that. So anyways, that was your Monday show this week. This uh, upcoming Wednesday... I, I, I'm thinking I might do the first two episodes of Peacemaker. I'm going to watch them all again. Episode one through three. As of this writing, I've watched episodes one, two, and three already. I have not binged. Um, I mean, I, I did binge them. So I'm not like holding back to binge them. You'll get either episode one. I'm thinking two episodes. I might just do three episodes because really... There's not many Easter eggs that I saw. It's just fun. <laughs> Look here. Just be prepared to listen to the show. You'll know what you're getting. I'm, but it's definitely going to be a Peacemaker this week. Uh, looking forward to I completely forgot it was even coming out until um, I saw something on YouTube about the first three episodes. I said, oh, that is out. So, Anyways, that is the show for this week. You guys have a great week. I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. And have, have a good one.